Praise God, praise God. Pastor Mike here. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Happy Sunday to you. Well, in, in some cases, granted, some of you don't get to see the message or listen to the message on Sunday, but well, happy whatever day it is that you're listening to this message. And uh, just remember that this is the day that the Lord has made, and we should always rejoice and be also glad in it. Praise God, praise God. Let us just pray before we get started. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, we just praise you and magnify thy most glorious name, O oh Lord, because only you are worthy to be praised, adored, and magnified, O oh Lord God. We thank you, O oh Lord God, for all of the blessings in our lives. We thank you for all things, uh, both great and small. We thank you, Lord God, for all of those things in this life that we take also for granted, O oh Lord. Every single heartbeat, every single breath, we just praise you and magnify the most wondrous name. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we've gathered here today to hear your word, that you shall be with us. Let Holy Spirit minister to us in, in, in his own special way, because, Lord God, only you know the needs and the desires for every single person listening here today, O oh Lord God. So I ask that you will speak to them, O oh Lord, in your own special way. Touch them and anoint them and fill them with your Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Lord God. We welcome you to be here with us. And I give this time and this space, Heavenly Father, entirely over to you. Take it where you will for your honor and glory and praise. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. It's a wonderful day, and uh, um, I, uh, I always have <laughs> so many stories to tell because uh, I thank God I've had a blessed and interesting life, amen. But uh, the Holy Spirit brought back to memory a particular event that uh, took place uh, some years ago. So I want to share that with you today, and uh, and of course, uh, you know, when the Holy Spirit brings memories back like this, it's always good to ask, you know, okay, Lord, are you trying to make a point? Is there something that you're trying to point out to me? So with this particular story, um, it took place some years ago, and uh, I was uh, on a flight returning from California. Okay, I'd been in San Francisco um, doing a, a presentation and a speaking engagement, and on the flight back. Uh, to New York, the, uh, the airport was completing its journey, and as it was coming into New York, uh, it was in a, a, a bad thunderstorm, okay, it had been storming, I remember, for about an hour or so, and it was, it was pretty bad, and it was lightning, I mean, I could see lightning through the windows, and the rain was coming down quite heavily, and uh, the uh, flight was coming into a small airport on, uh, on Long Island uh, in New York, and as we were approaching the, the airport, the uh, pilot started announcing that because of the bad storm, that we would be circling for a bit. We would be circling around and around, uh, waiting until our chance, waiting until it was our turn to come in for a landing. Okay, so we just stayed up there, just, just, just circling. The pilot announced that we were going to be in a holding pattern. He called it a holding pattern, and we had to just wait. Now, at this point in time, it was beginning to approach 11 o'clock or so at night, and you know this was a small airport. The uh, the town some some years back had had lobbied to make it so that no flights could come in, uh, major flights could come in after 11 p.m. So therefore, if we could not land by 11 p.m., the flight would be diverted to Boston. Okay, I had no desire to go to Boston. Okay, but in this rain storm, there wasn't too much that I could do about it. Uh, for that matter, there wasn't anything that the pilot could do about it. Okay, so. Here we are sitting on this large, beautiful aircraft, you know, with all of its power, able to defy gravity and everything like that. But we could not get into that airport. We had to stay at a, in a holding pattern. The 
plane having defied gravity. And like I said, it's always amazing to watch those huge aircraft fly, thinking how they can sail off like that. But yet still, though, the, the aircraft and the pilot, and myself for that matter, could do nothing about being stuck in a holding pattern. There were obstacles or conditions that were preventing us from landing. There were obstacles or conditions that were preventing us from moving forward, from continuing moving forward to complete our mission, and that is coming into a landing. Okay, the airport and, and, the, uh, and, and the pilot, of course, they talked back and forth many, many times, and of course it was the same, the, the same thing remained. We had to stay aloft. We had to remain in a, hold, in a holding pattern. Now, at this point in time, I was starting to get kind of annoyed because it was like so near yet so far. Because once I landed, you know, I was like 20 minutes from the airport. I'd be home with the, with the family. So I felt extremely frustrated, you know. And I started thinking to myself, gee whiz, you know. <laughs> if only I could maybe go back to California and start this return trip home all over again, you know. Go back and get an Amtrak ticket, you know, traveling Two, three days on Amtrak ticket would be better right now than just circling and circling in this holding pattern, not being able to move forward, not be able to complete the mission. Okay, So I had, like I said, this frustration was, was beginning to sit in. But I knew that I did not really, really want to go back, but I certainly entertained that thought. So here we were stuck in this holding pattern, stuck in this holding pattern. As usual, I like to tie everything to scripture. Let's look where else holding patterns was applying, okay? Let's look where else where holding patterns were applying. Let's go to uh, Exodus Exodus uh, 16. Exodus 16, and I want to start at verse number 1. Exodus chapter 16. Praise the living God. God is good all the time. You know, I'm sure many of you have been on flights where you were kept aloft there because you could not come in the way you wanted to, and, you know, it can really become kind of tiresome being in that holding pattern. But however, these things oftentimes happen. But again, that's related to Scripture. Chapter 16, verse number 1. And they took their journey from Elam, all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they departed out of the land of Egypt. This is after they left Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would God, would God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread in the full, to the full. For, for you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Okay? So now here they had been, and they had been in slavery and captivity for 400 years. And, and God cut them loose from Egypt, got them out of Egypt. And now they're complaining, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, things are so bad. If only we could go back to Egypt where there was plenty to eat. What was I seeing on that airplane? Boy, I would have loved to go back to, to California and start this ride all over again. Okay, So here they were complaining again, you know, gee whiz, where we had plenty to, plenty to eat, but now you're going to bring us out here where we're going to die of hunger. Verse number four says, Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. I will rain bread from heaven for you. See, God provides. I will rain bre bread from heaven for you. Uh, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove to them whether they will walk in my law or no. All right? And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. 
And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel, At even, when you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning, then you shall see the glory of the Lord. Then you shall see the glory of the Lord. For he that hears your murmurings against the Lord, and what, and what are we that you murmur against us? Okay, they were coming against uh, Moses and Aaron. And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the, bread to the full. For, the, for that the Lord hears your murmurings, which you murmur against him. And what are you? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Okay, now see, this is where we many times have to be careful when we are complaining about things, okay? If God has brought us into a situation or God has permitted us to be there and we start complaining, 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 you know, don't blame the people that are around you, you know, and whatnot, because as you start murmuring against them, if this is where the Lord has you at the, at the time, then you're murmuring against God. You're complaining against God. And don't forget, these people that cried out to the Lord all these years, you know, all these generations to get them out of Egypt and Egypt, God does bring them out of Egypt. And now they're complaining. They're murmuring against God. Okay. Verse number 9 says, And Moses spake unto Aaron, Say unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your murmurings. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, at even you shall eat flesh, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Okay? So in spite of all of this, God still said, I'm going to provide for you. You will have you will have food in the morning, and you shall have it in the evening. Verse number 13 says, And it came to pass that at even the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay around the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, uh, upon the face of the wilderness, there there lay a small round thing, a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, It is manna, it is manna, for they did not know what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. Okay, the Lord provides, right? If you are in a holding pattern right now, God will provide. You may be in a situation in life where you feel like it's impossible to go forward, where you're almost actually thinking, gee whiz, I wish I was, <laughs> I wish I was back at the old job. Okay. I wish I was back at the old house. I wish I was back in the old town or whatever. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So, so if you are stuck in a holding pattern right now, God is going to provide. God is going to provide. No matter how bad you think it may be, before you start murmuring more and more about it, okay, stop and think that God is going to provide the same way he did for Israel. Amen? Amen? So then he goes on to say, um, uh, in verse number 16, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, and Omer for every man according to the number of your spouses. Take ye every man, <clears throat> take ye, ye every man for them which are in his tents. Okay? So here God is telling them, giving them uh, uh, distinct directions now on how to even go about gathering this, okay? While you are in this particular holding pattern that you might be in right now, if you're seeking the Lord, he will give you instructions exactly how to go about um, collecting, if you will, his provisions, all right? Because he has provisions for you, right? He hasn't brought you this far to just leave you out there hanging, all right? 
Do not start thinking that, gee as I'm in this holding pattern, and boy, oh boy, oh boy, I wish I could just go back to the way it was before. Okay? All right? The Lord quickened to my spirit when all this was going on, that the holding pattern that I was experiencing in the flight, uh, up in there circling, uh, circling around the airport here, was comparable to the holding patterns that we as Christians often experience in our lives. All right? This is what he was showing me. While I was up there in this aircraft and I had no control over my situation, just kind of in limbo, so to speak, you know, just flying around, okay, okay, okay. That, 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 that's very similar to the holding patterns that we have in our lives. Sometimes we get to a point in our lives where there seems to be no forward progress, and I'm sure many of us have experienced that at one time or another, where you just feel like I've, I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of treading water here. I'm not moving forward. I'm not moving backwards. I'm just kind of at a standstill in my life. You know, sometimes we, we feel, you know, it may seem that we are at, at a standstill in our Christian walk with the Lord even, okay? I mean, you know, forget even the job, you know, or, or you haven't moved up to a bigger house or gotten out of your apartment into a house, you know, you feel like you're at a standstill there. But sometimes even in our Christian walk with God, we may feel like we're at a standstill, okay? And many times the devil will be whispering that into your ear too. Look at you. I mean, you've been doing this now for how many years? And, you know, you, you gave your life to the Lord back, you know, so many years ago. And where are you now? Okay. All right. Okay. So, so sometimes we can feel that we are in a standstill. We are in a, in a holding pattern. Okay. And no matter how hard we try, it seems like we can't get out of our current situation. It seems like we can't move forward. We can't even move backward. And you don't, certainly don't want to go backward. Okay. Because going backward for a Christian means that we are returning to the ways of the world. I mean, obviously, you don't want to do that, okay? Going backward may mean you going back into your former life, okay? All of us have a story, you know? All of us have a life story, all right? Okay? And, 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 and not all of us uh, uh, came to the Lord so willingly, amen? Some came kicking and screaming to the Lord. But finally, thank God, you surrendered and you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you know? And life is going to be better. If it isn't already better for you, it's going to be better. Okay, but you certainly don't want to go back to where you were. You don't want to do like, uh, say, like like the Israelites said, Jesus, if only we could go back to Israel, you know, where there was plenty to eat, where there was plenty to eat. Well, I say to you, saint of God, think back to where you were. All right. Maybe you think there were some good times back where you were, okay, but you didn't know Jesus back then, okay? So while life may have been good or so forth, maybe you had some things that, that seemed like um, high points in your life, okay, but those things were short-lived. The only things that are eternal are the things of God. All right. So even though you may feel like you're in a holding pattern right now, you certainly don't want to go back to where you were. Amen. You don't want to go back to that to that life. You know, we seem to be sometimes we seem to be doing all of the right things, and we're wondering why we aren't moving forward. Why am I in this holding pattern? We seem to be doing all the right things. You know, we're tithing, we're fellowshipping in church or outside of church if you aren't able to go to church or like we used to. You're praying and you're reading the Word regularly. You're seeking the Lord's face, okay? Right. Maybe if you are still involved with the church, you're, you're actively uh, involved with our, uh, church committees or in some groups, you know, if your church where you are uh, has the ability to be meeting enough to still be having uh, uh, group committees and things like that. You know, maybe you used to teach Sunday school and maybe you still do, you know, but you just can't seem to get up enough forward momentum uh, in your life and it seems like you are in a spiritual holding pattern doing all this good stuff for God, but you feel like you're in a spiritual holding pattern, okay? Right. One of the things that the Holy Spirit revealed to me was that there are two types of spiritual holding patterns that we may experience as Christians, two types 
of holding patterns that we could experience as Christians. Okay, one could be that we could be in a holding pattern in our lives because of something that we are doing, or we could be in a holding pattern because of something that we are not doing. Okay, number two is that that we could be in a holding pattern that is simply being imposed by our heavenly Father, by God. Okay, all right. So one holding pattern is something that we are or are not doing. Okay, where we are resisting doing or not doing, or it could be that God as imposed, putting you into this holy holding pattern for a reason. Okay, And before we can get out of either holding pattern, we must ask ourselves one very critical question, and that is, do I really want to get out of this holding pattern? Okay, Very critical question. You know, do I really want to get out of this holding, holding pattern that I'm in? You know? We must ask ourselves, do we really want to move forward and serve God? And give up the worldly thinking and behavior. Okay? Alrighty. You could be in this holding pattern because you have not really, really, really in your heart or in your heart of heart made a decision whether you really want to move forward. Okay. You know, you know many times we get to, we get stuck into doing things and we start complaining, you know, like Israel, we would start murmuring and complaining that we're not moving forward or we're not accomplishing this or not accomplishing that. But deep in your heart of hearts, and only you can answer that. Only you can answer. Even going to the Lord in prayer, even seeking God's face, maybe Holy Spirit will ask you, do you really want to move forward? Okay. Are you really tired of being in this holding pattern? Right. And only you can answer that. Okay. Only you knows you in your heart of hearts. In the quiet of night, as you lay on your pillow and maybe you're tossing back and forth and you can't get to sleep and you're wondering why things are not moving, things are not moving forward and whatnot, ask yourself, do I really want to make things, to see things moving forward? Or are you possibly afraid of moving forward? Are you afraid of what moving in forward, moving forward might mean, might mean? Do you want to move forward to really, 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 really serve God and to give up worldly thinking and behaviors? You know, we as Christians, we can't live with our feet in two worlds. Even though we exist in two worlds, okay? As a child of God, you exist in the spiritual realm, okay? And as a child of God, being in a physical body, you very much exist, uh, exist on a physical plane here on earth, okay? But the ways of the world, okay, the spiritual ways of the world, we, we Christians, we, we cannot live there, amen, amen? So we have to make up our minds, even, you know, I spoke before about, about friends, you know, do you really, really want to serve God if it means that you have to give up your best buddy or your best, your best gal, you know, do you really, really move, want to move forward and you have to stop doing some things in life, do you really, really want to move forward and that means that like I'm going to stop drinking, I'm going to stop smoking, I'm going to stop taking some of the things that I'm involved in, okay, even though some Christians do, you have to make up your mind. And what it is that you want to do. How, how, how committed do you really want to get with the Lord? Okay. And this means doing some things that others around you, maybe other friends and even some other family members are doing. But you get to the point, what does the word of God say? What does the word of God say about my behavior? How should I be carrying myself? You know, you know. You know, you know, do I want to give up the worldly thinking? Do I want to be around people when they're telling off-color jokes? That many, many times, you know, <laughs> that at the so-called Christmas parties, which I, you know, really, really, really went to, 
okay, um, because of the fact of how they how they would get and where they would oftentimes hold them. But even in the office place or wherever you may be at work and whatnot, and someone starts telling an off-color joke, how bold enough are you to just excuse yourself and walk away? Or are you so afraid, oh, gee, how am I going to appear? Okay, okay. But how much do you really want to want to commit yourself to God? You might be in a holding pattern because of things that you are doing or are not doing. We know that the Apostle Paul spoke of carnally-minded Christians. You know, we, we, can't, we just can't be there. Sometimes we're in a holding pattern because we have not really made up our minds, as I said, to move forward in, in, in serving the Lord because that might mean that we have to abandon our current comfort zones. Okay? Moving forward in the, in the Lord might mean that I got to give up. You know, I'm comfortable in doing this. I'm comfortable in doing that. I'm comfortable in, 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 in uh, the people I associate with. Okay, I'm, I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable. And you don't want to get out of your comfort zone. That could wind up keeping you in a holding pattern. Okay, And we've talked about comfort zones before. You know, These comfort zones can be old and familiar places. They can be people, relationships. They can be things. These comfort zones have a way of uh, just kind of creeping into our lives. We're not even sure. You know, how and when they even creep in, you know, you know, we, we may have a lifelong buddy and lifelong friend for someone that we've had for many, 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 many years. And can you think and remember how that relationship got started? You know, friendships just kind of somehow just, just happen. Real friendships just sometimes, you know, just, just happen. And I'm not saying that all friendships are bad, not at all. All I'm just saying to you is that, is that to think about those comfort zones and the people that you are so comfortable with. Places, people, relationships, and things. Okay, Scripture shows us that to step forward in our destiny, to step forward in our destiny, we have to step away from our security. Let me say that again. To step forward in our destiny, destiny, we have to be willing to step out or step away from our security. Is your commitment to God immediate? Is it complete? Are you willing to step out of where you feel so secure in order to follow God? All right? Okay. What security might we need to walk away from in order to walk toward our destiny? Okay. Stop and ask yourself that. You know, you know, what are the what are the comfortable spots in my life that I just love so much? What are the comfortable people that I'm with that I just love so much? Again, I'm not saying that every single relationship in your life is bad. All I'm just saying is that we as Christians, we are required, okay, to um, to evaluate relationships. We're required to e evaluate our places in life. We are required to evaluate our circumstances and how we go about conducting our lives on a day-to-day -day basis even. Am I just so comfortable in doing what I've always done? I've known Christians, you know, that stay that stay under a particular ministry and are not growing or moving forward. Okay, I've known many people over the years. You know, they will will stay in a ministry for years and years and years, but yet still they're not really really growing or anything. You know, they're not moving forward. You know, they 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 feel they feel the call and the tug of Holy Spirit telling them to pick up and move on. They feel that tug, tug calling them, you know, to, 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 to move where God has even maybe whispered to them in prayer that I want to move you. I want to move you. I want to bring you to the next level. But they're so comfortable in that particular ministry. 
you know, that they, that they refuse to go. Okay? And many times they're comfortable in that ministry because of the fact, oh, gee, that's where my Aunt Tilly goes, that's where my mother went, where my grandmother went, my great-great-grandmother went. I've been here since I was a child, you know. I, 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 was, I was birthed in the uh, nursery, children's nursery, and then so through Sunday school. I've always been here, you know. Now, now I'm an usher and I'm an elder. Maybe I'm an assistant pastor. Maybe I'm the pastor. But maybe God is calling you to move on because of the fact that, that, that you're in a holding pattern here and God wants to move you on. Now, I'm not knocking any ministries. I'm not saying that where you are, you have to pick up and run. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm just saying to you is that you have to evaluate your life. And especially if Holy Spirit has been kind of wooing you and telling you, you know, in your prayer time that I want to move you on. It's time for you to be bold enough to move on. You know, you, you, you're doing yourself a great disservice. If that matter, you're doing God a disservice also. If you wind up staying where you are simply because of other people that are around you. Simply because, in fact, this is where you're comfortable. Okay? <laughs> I've seen so many times when, when I was an usher, you know, we'd have the, you, you know, you know, the pillars, the pillars of the church come in there and, you know, you know, the wonderful, the beautiful sisters would, would come in. They've been in the ministry for God knows how many years and so forth and, or decades even. And they've always had that particular seat in the pews, you know, usually up front there. Okay, and that's where they always sat. For all of these years, traditionally, they sat. Okay, and then for some reason, you know, because of snow or rain or whatever may have happened to delay them, and they wind up getting to church late, and the ushers had to fill that seat in the front row. When they come into the church building, oh my gosh, to see some of the looks on their faces and some of the expressions, so-and-so is sitting in my seat, in my seat. And they get bent out of shape. Christians get bent out of shape. Okay, this is because that's their, that's their comfort zone. Maybe God wanted them to sit someplace else in the sanctuary on that particular Sunday because they wanted that person to be near a newcomer, maybe. Okay? Alrighty? And maybe this pillar of the church, Holy Spirit wanted them there with the newcomer to help to, 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 to bring them into the fold, to, to, to make them feel comfortable during the service and so forth. I mean, you just, you just never know. All I'm just saying to you is that we have to evaluate, are we in comfort zones so much that we feel uncomfortable about stepping out? Okay, okay, we can't stay someplace just because of the fact that we've always been there. Okay, you know, you know, what's that expression about if you keep doing the same thing, you get the same old results all of the time? And so if you are in a holding pattern, maybe there's, a, there's something that you need to change. Amen. Sometimes we're afraid of following what we know God is telling us to do because we don't want to give up those comfortable and, and familiar things in our lives. So we wound up being stuck in a holding pattern. God may be calling you away from something that is very, very comfortable. All right? But if you're noting that you're in a holding pattern, that means that there's some action that you need to take. You got to make up your mind to follow God at all costs. At all costs. I don't care what it may be in terms of your life, because don't forget, what, it, what is most important is your, your eternal life, is, is eternity. You know, this is where we don't worry so much about the things uh, of this life. Now, that is to say, not, not to say to say that, you know, when, when, when tribulations come up or an issue comes into your life, you just totally ignore it. I'm not saying that at all. But the focus where your real energies are applied should be on the things of above, the things of heaven, and that I want to follow God. Okay? All right? That should be your most important thing. We can't be living by the world's standards. I keep going back to that because especially in this day and age, 
with all that's going on, I'm not going to get off into a long thing about COVID, you know, and the elections and so on like that. But there are so many things, you know, that the lockdown and so many things that we Christians are wrestling with that, that, that we cannot let ourselves think as the world thinks because that's being carnally minded. Okay. Right. And we can't let ourselves be influenced by the world standards. Okay. They keep coming out with all these prophecies of doom and gloom for this winter coming up. And every time my wife and I hear it, we're always saying in the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke those prophecies in the name of Jesus. Okay. God is in charge. God is in charge. He's going to bring us through all of this. He's going to bring us through. And we're going to be greater than we were before if we just continue to be focused on him. So we can't think as the world thinks and we cannot live or, live or be let ourselves be influenced by their standards. Okay, Because their standards are not based on what God would have us to do. Their standards are based on whatever the world comes up with at that particular point in time. Okay? All right, all right, all right. And, 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 and we know that the world is not governed by Holy Spirit. Amen. We know that. The Word of God says that. Okay, People that do not know the Lord do not have Holy Spirit, so therefore they cannot be guided by Holy Spirit because they don't know Him. They can't be guided by Him. Some of the crazy things that you see in the news going on today, you ask yourself, my gosh, how could that have happened? My gosh, how could that person do that? How could that person say that? Well, it's very simple. They don't know the Lord. Okay, They don't know the Lord. But you do. You know the Lord. You know His Word. You know His written Word. And you know that the word that he's planted in here. You know the written word and you know the word that he's planted in here. That you hear when you're seeking his face. That you hear when you're praying to him, when you're crying out to him. When you hear Holy Spirit just, just guiding you and telling you what to do. The world can't know that. Okay? Right? So, so if we want to get out of the holding pattern that you, know, you may be in, then ask yourself even on that point. Am I listening too much to the world? Am I being influenced by those that are around me? Am I being influenced by the news, by the newspapers, by what I see online? Or when I see something, I'm running it, taking it to the Lord and getting his direction and asking him what it is that I should be doing. Amen. Let's go to the book of Romans. Romans 8. Romans 8. Uh, Romans 8, we want to start at chapter 5. I'm sorry, verse 5. Romans 8. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 7, and here's 8. Romans 8, verse number 5. Praise God. Praise God. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Underline mind. Do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Okay? So five again. But they that are after the flesh do mind. Mind here means do care for or think about. Okay? Or dwell on. For they that are after the flesh do think about, do care for, do dwell on the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Okay? So now that's a separator right there. Thinking about holding patterns. I mean, a holding pattern. Okay, what are the things that I care about and think about, the things of the flesh or the things of the world? Okay, but those of us that are focusing on the things of the spirit, that's what we should be going after. Okay, so that's a shift right there. If you're in a holding pattern, what are the things that I'm focusing on? What are the things that I'm caring for? Am I following the things of the flesh or the world or things of the spirit? 
goes on in verse number six and says, for to be carnally minded or fleshly minded, to be carnally minded is death. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Underline to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Okay. Now the death that is that's being talked about there is spiritual death. Okay, it's spiritual death, meaning separate. And what is spiritual death? Spiritual death is separation from God. Okay, where the relationship is so broken, you know, that you wind up, you know, I, I should say the fellowship is so broken. Just as a as a as a side side note, you know, we uh, we who are children of God, you know, when we slip and we stumble and everything like that, the 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 the, the fellowship between us and God is broken, but the relationship is not. Amen. You are still his son or daughter. But that 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 fellowship gets broken. Okay? Alright. For those that don't know the Lord, they are spiritually dead. They are spiritually dead. And they can't come to life until they accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And because of the fact that they're spiritually dead, they can't know the ways of the Holy Spirit. They can't know Holy Spirit. They can't have Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit will not come be poured out on a person until they accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Okay, all right. So, so for to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death or spiritual death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse seven, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Underline, please. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can be. That's a great thing for you to always remember. The carnal mind, or that's that, that, that fleshly mind, that person that does not that does not know God, that mind is enmity. It's against God. It's like oil and water. They, they just can't mix. Just can't mix. It's against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. Okay. So 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 someone someone that is carnally minded or, or fleshly minded, meaning that they do not have Holy Spirit, then they simply cannot know the things of God. They can't obey the laws of God. Because to them, it's it, 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 it's so foreign, you know, it, it's so out of whack. And you heard me say many times, how many times have you spoken to someone, you know, you know, in, in, uh, on a deep spiritual matter, matter and, and they don't even have the foggiest idea where you're coming from because they just can't grasp it, okay? They're not on the same level as you are spiritually, okay? So, so the carnal-minded person cannot know the things of God. Those, the carnal-minded person, the fleshly-minded person is, is enmity, it's against God. He or she's against God. Okay, so verse number eight there. So then, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. All right, I'll read seven and eight again. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they are they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot please God. Okay, so if you're in a holding pattern here, you know, one of the things, again, you need to evaluate here, you know, am I letting myself be guided by fleshly decisions, by my making carnal decisions? Am I following after the world? Am I letting myself be guided by the world? Okay, and if you're behaving like that, if you're not walking in the spirit, then it says that you cannot please God. If you're in the flesh, then you, you cannot please God. All right, okay, okay. So you see, so you see that if God puts us in a holding pattern, it is because he wants to prepare us. If God puts us in a holy in a holding pattern, it's because he wants to pick, uh, prepare us for the journey that's ahead. Okay, God is always preparing you. Right? If God has you there, he's got something specifically in mind for you. So he wants to prepare you for that journey ahead. So maybe it's time for you to come on in for a landing into God's arms. 
Maybe it's time for you to get out of that holding pattern. Okay, As I wanted to get out of that holding pattern when my flight was just circling the airport. I wanted to get out of that holding pattern and come on in for a landing. Well, maybe it's time for you to get out of that holding pattern and come on in for a landing into God's arms. Saint of God, he's got some good things for you. He's got some good things to you. I feel it in my spirit. And there's one individual that's out there now that's listening to this message. And I'm saying to you right now, don't waste any more time. God is preparing an awesome work for you to do. God is preparing to take you to a place that you could never dream of. Okay, but you're in this holding pattern and you're not giving yourself time to evaluate why you're in that holding pattern. Okay, okay. You need to take it to God. And simply when you go to prayer, saint, Wherever you may be, whenever you go to God, say, Lord, I feel like I'm in this holding pattern. What is it you want me to do? Boom. And then put period there. Or question mark, period. What is it, Lord, you want me to do? Okay. And then be prepared to do what it is that he wants you to do. And you'll get out of that holding pattern. Okay. Sometimes God, God, God will not let us move forward until he knows that we are mature enough to venture forth. Sometimes God will hold you where he wants to keep you in a holding pattern until you are mature and strong enough and have grown enough for him to cut you loose and let you, not cut you loose, but to let you go off to do things on his behalf. He's not going to let you go if you're not ready. Not into the deeper things that he may have in mind for you. Okay. So during that time that you're in this holding pattern, you, you know, God may be uh, 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 putting you through the fire, you know, but what does fire do to, do to iron? You know, you know it, it, just, it just tempers it. Makes it stronger. Maybe putting you through the fire because he wants you more mature because of things that are going to come down the pipe. If he knows that you're immature, you're going to fold at the first bit of opposition that's there. So he wants to have you ready. Okay. So that, that, that holding pattern can be a temporary thing. But I'll tell you one thing. The length of that holding pattern. Israel went around for 40 years. 40 years. And that wilderness distance, again, you've heard me say, after I, once I had a biblical map and it showed you the distance, and it wasn't that great of a distance where they were going to. But Israel kept, kept, kept trying God. They, they kept provoking God. Scripture refers to it as the days of provocation because they kept provoking God. So they were in this holy, now God provided for them in the meantime, as God will do for you. But that holding pattern that you might be in, though, you will not come out of it until you've shown God whatever it is that he's looking for you to do. All right. Okay. He's working to, to, to develop you, to grow you, to mature you. Okay. All right. All right. You, know, you know, to look at it more like in, in the natural realm, you know, you know you, you're born a baby, obviously, you know, and you start to crawl. Most babies crawl before they, they walk. Okay. <laughs> I've had a couple of grandchildren, though, they... They kind of maybe did it a little differently, but anyway, but you start off, you know, and, and, and then from there you get into school and, and, and well, even before school, you, you start speaking and, it, you know, mama, dad, dad, and other, you know, baby type words. But then, then that, that grows too, you know, but if a child did not try to speak, he would not be able to speak. If a child did not try to walk, he would not be able to walk. You don't want to see your child when that child grows up and becomes 16, 21, 35. You don't want to see that child still behaving the way it did when it was five years old. Okay, so during that time, you nurture that child, you teach the child, he goes to school and so and he grows. The same thing happens with us Christians with spiritual, with spiritual matters. 
You know, we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We are spiritual babes. And then our lifetimes become a lifetime of learning and growing in spiritual matters. Okay. But if you look back on your life, though, you are not the same way you were five years ago, spiritually. Hopefully you've grown some. Well, that's what God does with us. He brings us along and he grows us. So if we get to this holding pattern that God may sometimes pull us into, it's because he wants to really to, to, to grow us. He wants us to mature before we get to venture forth into the next level. Okay. Venturing forth to the next level. Venturing forth to the next level. Right? At some point in time, you give up pablum and milk and you start eating meat. Okay. Okay. I want to always eat on the meatier things of God. I want to always chew on the meatier things of God. I don't want pablum or milk. I want the meatier things of God. I want to get to the level where, 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 where as much as God is willing to pour out on me, I want to understand the deeper secrets of his. Okay. And God wants to give us his mysteries, reveal unto us his mysteries. But we have to be ready for them. After you've made up your mind to truly follow God, that's when he can start working in your life. When you've made up your mind, God kind of like rolls up his sleeves and says, ha now I can start working. Now I can start working on him. Now I can start working on her. Now I can start trusting and developing him or her. Now I can start trusting him or her with the deeper things of me. Because they're ready to handle it. They're ready to handle it and to walk forth and use it. And use it for my glory. Don't forget saying of God, our purpose here is to glorify God in the things that we say and do in our lives. Amen. We should be glorifying God, you know, and that's what God wants us to do. Sometimes God will put you in a position where you can more readily or more, more, more easily glorify God relative to ministering to someone else. And we're all ministers. Not all of us are called to preach necessarily, but we're all ministers according to the word of God. You have a ministry. God knows what that ministry is. You need to ask God, where does he want you in his body, in the body of Christ? Amen. But God sometimes will put you in a place where you can minister to someone else. He can't put you there to minister to that person until he knows that you're ready, that you're going to say the right things to that person, that you're going to behave the, the right way. And when that person starts talking back to you and starts giving you their life story and starts pouring out their insights to you and everything, that you are going to be mature enough to listen to Holy Spirit as Holy Spirit gives you the words to say back to that person. Because the Lord knows, I've seen people, oh boy, I've seen people talk to people, and I know someone that, gee whiz, you know, there was someone was really, really ill, borderline on death, and the person said something to, to that to that woman and uh, about the father and so on, and just, just it just devastated them because it wasn't the right thing to say. Amen? Amen. So, so we need to make sure that we are mature enough to listen to Holy Spirit. And then God will say, yes, he's ready. Yes, she's ready. Now I can move them out of that, uh, 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 what do you call it, out of that landing pattern, out of that holding pattern. Now I can move them out of that holding pattern and bring them in for a landing. And bring them in for a landing. Okay. He can start removing the impurities from you. He can start taking the impurities out of you, his vessel of clay. He can start molding and shaping you to do his will, not your, but to do his will. And now he can start preparing you for, for the fire that we all have to pass through, all of us pass through the fire. Okay. 
I mean, you're passing through that fire. What does the word say also? That count it all joy when you go through tribulations. Okay. Because these tribulations help to build us and shape us. Maybe it's time for you to come in for a landing, right into his arms. He's there waiting. After all, it is his fire that strengthens us, just as fire tempers iron, as I said before. Okay? It is his fire that burns away the dross and the stuff in our lives that are just junk. It's his fire that burns it away so that we can be strong and pure vessels for him. But he cannot start the process until you've decided by an act of your will that you really want to move out of your holding pattern. And you decide that you want to move out of that holding pattern and come on in for a landing into God's arms. Once you've willed to move, then God can start to act in your life. Once you've willed, then he can start to act in your life. God will not and cannot violate his own will. And, and, and he cannot violate his own will. And, and, and your will could be hindering God from taking you out of your current holding pattern. Okay. Because he's God and he cannot lie. He cannot violate his will. He cannot violate the things that he set in motion in terms of loving and, and, and nurturing and, 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 and shaping and molding his children. You. Amen. 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 Rest assured that God will provide. Rest on the promises of God that he is there as long as we stay focused on him. And all that you need will indeed be provided the same way Israel was provided for in the wilderness. Okay. Just make up your mind today that you will follow him at all costs. Don't say after you hear this message, oh, I'll think about this and pray on it. I'll maybe tomorrow morning, Monday morning, or if you're listening to this on Sunday, Monday morning, I'll address it, or whatever the next day is, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You start thinking about this and praying about this right now after this message is over. And you decide, if you're in a holding pattern, you need to say, Lord, I'm ready to move out of this holding pattern. Tell me what I need to do. Tell me what I need to take my eyes off of. Tell me what I need to put my eyes on. But whatever it is, oh Lord God, just point me, point me, point me in the right direction. Because I'm tired of the holding pattern, Lord, and I'm ready to come on in for a landing. I'm ready to come on in for a landing. Okay? Holding patterns. Don't be discouraged. All right? Don't be dismayed. Because if you're there, you can certainly get out of that pattern. God's waiting for you to just approach him. God's waiting for you to just Say, how high, Lord? Tell me when to jump and how, how high. What is it that I need to do? Amen. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is absolutely good. Praise him, praise him. So I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time that we've had for you with you, Lord. And we pray that as we go through the balance of the week ahead of us, O oh Lord God, that we shall remember these words and keep these words deeply, deeply rooted within our spirits, that they cannot be stolen away by the evil one, O oh Lord. We pray, O oh Lord God, that you shall speak to us in your own special way. Let me know, let us know where, Heavenly Father God, and what we need to do to get us out of any holding patterns that we may be in. We praise you, Lord God. We magnify thy name in the master's name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Praise God. I hope you have a blessed afternoon and day and week ahead until we gather again next time in the mighty name of Jesus. So go forth in his name and be blessed. Amen. Amen. Amen.